Hey everybody, this is Shop Talk Show number 289, brought to you in part both by Jamf Now and Cloudinary, both very cool companies we'll tell you more about later in the show. Just Dave and I this week, we're going to, you know, do a little news section, maybe talk about how you might, you know, practice your design and front-end dev skills a little bit. We'll talk about video backgrounds, lots of weird stuff to talk about there. We spend a whole bunch of time talking about Gutenberg and WordPress, which I hopefully might be interested in. Uh, no matter what CMS you use in that kind of concept a little bit. So that and much more to come on Shop Talk Show. Mr. Day, please kick things off. Shop Maniacs, you're listening to the magazine podcast, Shop Talk Show, where we talk about magazines. We found them <laughs> at the airport. It's the third week in a row. I'm still on the a tear, though. It's been a minute oh, since really? I've bought a new one, but every even going to the grocery store, I just, you know, I've had some times where I've had to kill some time at the grocery store, and I just stand at the magazine rack, soaking it in. All the best yeah. information's in there. Well, what was that Twitter drama? Uh, Blake Shepard was like hottest man, people's hottest man of the year. And I'm just like, him? I have really? to Google it because I don't even know. He's the dude from The Voice or whatever, the country country guy who ha- sounds like he has a fake Southern accent, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, oh, he does look a little dopey. Sorry, Blake. Hey, sure you're sorry, an extremely Blake. nice guy. And yeah, if you look like Blake, I'm sorry. No, but hey, Chris. What are we talking about here today? We got I don't know website. We haven't really uh we haven't really yeah, we have plenty of questions. Great questions too. God, we got spammed so hard the other day and I had to to rejigger this whole thing. Happens once in a while. Sorry about the captcha. I just forced the captcha on the on the Shop Talk show submit a question form now because that actually stopped it. So Mm -hmm. sorry for all the people who aren't, you know, spam bots, but uh this actually protects us. So hey, Chinese spam bot. What's your goal here, bud? Like, you just said the same thing over and over. I'm just going to delete it from my email. What's your goal, buddy? Like, I can't even read your email. It's in Chinese. What's your goal? What's your goal? I don't know what the goal is. I, I would assume that the goal is that sometimes when you submit a web form, it becomes somehow, some way a website. Sure, know? sure. Yeah. And so those turn into like, like whatever. In our case, they credits. turn into Trello cards, so they're not wrong in a way. Yeah, yeah, Trello cards. We get to delete. Uh, I on my WordPress blogs and even on the Shop Talk, you get a lot of FIFA spam. Mm-hmm. Like, FIFA Shop Talk gets a lot of FIFA stuff too. Whatever the game is, whatever the movie that come out that week, they make a lot of. I don't know. They like because I think they're angling for the. You're googling to how do I watch FIFA game online you know yeah i'm guilty of that once in a while there's like a big sports game i want to watch i'll google it because like isn't there some like it's because sometimes it's just obnoxious to me that there's not some just normal way to watch it online even if it's like pay me 4.99 and watch it right now it's like oh crap it's on some weird network it's not on espn if it was on espn they have pretty good online stuff but sometimes it's on the big 10 network and i can't figure it out and i'm like i'll close as many pop-ups as you want to open just like <laughs> I'll uh, install a small virus on my computer just <laughs> yeah. to watch this this sports game. Uh, I feel you. I definitely feel you. Um, 
Yeah. No. Hey. Uh, hey, Chris. Yeah. Exciting news in the. Uh, welcome to the news section of the Shop Talk Show. Exciting news in the land of code editors. Did you see that uh, Visual Studio Code and Adam got like a live share? Like, I did. I like, think the Adam one even kind of predates it, but the VS Code one is popping because I think VS Code might even be a little bit more popular than Adam these days. Ad, in, in, the current, in the current meta, I think so. I tried and switching but, so hard to VS Code the other week. I gave it like five days and then I just couldn't do it. And it's just it. me, but I just need to try it again, but... It's just there's so much, I don't know. I'm like so I feel so good in my sublime land. But anyway, I know what uh, you were talking about yeah. is this is basically like code button collab mode. I was gonna link to it yeah, CSS okay. tricks and be like, here's the way you do it in VS Code, here's the way you do it in Atom, but maybe even more convenient for people that, you know, like there's like a the no code pen collab mode is like the no setup way. You just send somebody a URL, they click it and you're doing it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I don't understand about or yet yeah, about a code pen or the VS Code is like how do you get into my uh, computer? Because I knew. Wow, um, well, yeah, I knew, there used to be this software called Subetha Edit. Do you remember that for the Mac sure. in like 2007? And mm-hmm. that had this feature, and it was like all over Bonjour or some like some like I guess Mac protocol or AIM list or something. It somehow like like your buddy list or whatever. You didn't have to like create buddy lists. To, to do it but so I'm kind of interested in how this live share thing works because I kind of want to, I, I just sort of wondered like maybe I could start a business where I don't code anymore and I just hang out with people who code Chris <laughs> is that a business I could maybe do? it's like how <laughs> I, I just, prefer watching video games I just like watching yeah. code it's kind of just like a uh, hang out and code like I, I'm a, a pair programmer a, a buddy for hire or you know it's like that. a skill a this good. pair programming stuff I've worked with some people who are I think it, it, it's an acquired skill. Some people can be really good at it. They're happy to think and type and talk and do all the stuff at one. And some people are super bad at it. Like they're, they're, you're two minutes into <laughs> it and they're just like, um, can I just do this and like send you a PR or whatever? Like they just don't like it. They're fundamentally, and I think they could get over it if they worked on it. But I just noticed that in some people that it's like personality wise almost that I like it. I want to sit and co write with you and listen to your brain think and offer little mm-hmm. bits of feedback and stuff. I'll, I'll even drive. Huh. Yeah, no, no, it's interesting. And then like, when do you like interject? But you know, I guess like if you are like, I don't know if you're like, it's, I think it needs to be like a two way street of like asking questions and hopefully like people kind of figuring out the best way together. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You should do it more. I want to institute mandatory. Hey, code. hey, Dave yeah. Rupert, buddy for hire, uh, code buddy for hire. <laughs> uh, I think that's the service you're looking, the platform uh, that you're you know looking you should, for. We should do. I want to. I want an implementation of Webpack in the browser. Where browser you, pack? Yeah, because you know, there's so many. Like you expect it to work on the server because it's Node and it like reads your files and then spits out a bundle and all that stuff. And it it needs like a file system to do. But what if you had like a fake file system? What if you had all your files were they're already strings. Can it be done? Mm-hmm. Right to Chris at codepen.io with your solutions. <laughs> you could do a heap of fetches, maybe? No, because that wouldn't execute as JavaScripts. It's over my, um, it's over my pay grade. Anyway, I, you know what? I'll, I'll, just to circle back a little bit to this live collaboration thing. It's literally called live, what is it called? Live 
type live share. live share in VS, and it's called Teletype in Atom. It's at least that's mm-hmm. the plugin or something. Collab mode in CodePen. You know, I think we even messed with this for a little bit. Not, I've started to do most of my design work in in Figma. Not a sponsor. Like them though. Please sponsor us if you'd like to. Uh, it it does and used to and stuff have this like you both in there and you're both moving the cursor around and you're both typing and dragging boxes around and like co-designing is that is that mm-hmm. I think they like play that down a little bit now because it just wasn't it's cool but it's like almost gimmicky mm-hmm. like people don't care or if they do care they care the wrong way and they don't like it <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes yeah I think the design thing is I feel so disconnected when I think we did it once for like a shop talk, but it's like, this is cool. This is cool. I don't know where, like, it's almost like a skate park. Like you don't know like when you can drop in. Cause like somebody's kind of going and you're like, oh, yeah, right. Ooh, do I go? Like, like I don't know yeah, how much you particularly care about where this rectangle is. And if you move it, I might just throw up my hands and be like, that was fundamental to my thinking where yeah. that rectangle is at the moment, you know? 86.5 pixels from the left. Yes. Very important. Yeah. We're on a we're on a uh, we're on a 6.2 metric pixel grid, okay? Like with code it's, it can be like that, but it's a little less like that, you know? Like I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like yeah. that to me. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Tell it to, it's it's all interesting stuff. Collaboration well, can, is still. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's almost like Google Docs for codes now. That's kind of where we're headed. So, that's cool. That's a cool future I think we're entering into. Once everything oh, is like that, it'll be like that more. For example, yeah, like, I don't know, note-taking, just it should just automatically be like that. We were even thinking mm-hmm. of, you know, I was kind of sketching some ideas out. It happens to be uh, us CodePen founders got together this week and we're doing some planning and talking and thinking about future stuff. And, and, and something came up. I, don't, I literally don't even remember what it was, but it was just like, oh, I wonder if we should do that, like, Maybe we'll like literally use Firebase for it, just because it has that like real time stuff is so easy, and it's not something that we really that's like super mission critical that really needs to be an RDB structure, yada yada yada. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't care how you do it, but yes, it should have that real time component to it. it. Not because we think it's like really cool, but because it's almost expected. Like if you're going to build something like this these days, it better it it, it just yes, it, sh- it should be real time. If it's some kind of might. chat thing or add something to something, yeah, of course, yes, real time. Make it real time. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a it's a lot of overhead to do a real timey thing, but but I think less and right. less like, though. Yeah, yeah. Firebase does make it pretty sweet because I even don't even understand all the voodoo going on behind in in Firebase. I know there's like like Subscribe. some web sockets thing yeah but like it, it's just kind of like oh it's just happening i just get the date it just keeps showing up and i end, edit it on the the firebase side and it just keeps uh, updating so i don't this is fantastic so it's a uh, you know data binding ups up baby uh okay maybe have we have we done enough news yeah yeah we're gonna do another uh showdy uh we got amazing feedback chris a hundred percent of people who gave feedback said they appreciate the shorter f- mm. uh format which is one one person so all, all a b tests is are, are pointing to a positive 100 percent success rate on the uh the shorter it's format so we're gonna keep doing yeah so we're gonna do that uh one 
uh, for a couple more episodes and just see how it feels and, and jives in uh, with everything. So you, oh, sorry, listener, Chris, Chris is a yeah. manicuring a very beautiful beard on the the live stream. I've learned that which you that, can't yeah, see that combing your beard is not only calming but literally has positive effects on your beard. Well, I mean. Men with beards, I'm sorry, I'm so late to this party. I always thought that I just had like inherently like puby looking beard, but <laughs> if I comb it, Dave's telling me to buy beard oil. I feel like I'm just oh, moving it's up. It's a secret. You can unlock uh, a good beard by, by adding some beard oil. Hey, speaking of uh, unlocking, let's unlock the first question here in the. Uh, I put this one here because I really I'm, I became obsessed with this for a minute. Magnus Scare writes in thoughts on Gutenberg and WordPress. Sorry if this has been asked before. Google didn't give me anything. No, I don't think we've talked about Gutenberg on Chop Talk Show before. It's a little a lot WordPress specific. It's only a WordPress thing. Gutenberg, not the inventor of the printing press, but this is a at the moment WordPress plugin named after that person. Uh, but it's headed for. WordPress core, meaning that it will just ship with all WordPress sites. And it's kind of a rethinking, revamping, pretty drastic change in the WordPress editor itself, which is, I'd say, damn fundamental uh, to what WordPress is. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. it's a bunch of UI around an editor. So have you seen it at all, Dave? Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? You know, I no, I'm I'm kind of just searching around here, but it it just looks like that. Th- Sort of the thing you're looking for, like edit from the front end kind of thing, or uh, eh, kind like, of I it, think that or? might it may unlock some of that stuff in the future. That might be like a 2.0 of Gutenberg. The idea being, it's, it's okay. It's just a lot of stuff kind of combined together. So you know, like in Medium, for example, you can like highlight some text and like and uh, like the controls for bolding and linking and all that stuff happen right where you're selecting the text. I think okay, there's so some of that stuff going on. I don't on. have the big like WYSIWYG ribbon at the top of my Yeah, although box. there's some there's some, you know, pressure I think that's like, no, just leave the ribbon alone. People like the ribbon. But th- that's <laughs> not it. Like the that's just a tiny thing. The the fundamental nature of Gutenberg is that it's going to become instead of just like literally a like a glorified text area where you just are typing stuff into mm-hmm. a chunk. It like it like blocks out everything. So if you start a new paragraph, that new paragraph comes kind of like a block. Or if you put an image in there, the image is a block. Or if you put an embed in there, that's a block. Or, you know, short codes are blocks. And you can kind of drag and drop them around. I don't know how much of a chance you've played with Notion yet, but I'm a big fan of Notion. But anyway, (laughs) that's like another topic. But Notion is very block-based too. And there's a lot of, I, I was a little obsessed with this idea because of a shop talk show question about how different CMSs handle like, like designing a, like a landing page in one block. Like you're trying to specifically avoid the one text area for everything in your CMS thing. And so one mm-hmm. different CMSs have all kinds of different ways of handling this, but a lot of them are block based. Like here's a block, here's a block, here's a block. You can drag them around, you can shuffle them, you can do whatever you want. And then API wise, it's still the same. Like just give me the content, it gives you all the blocks. Well, so okay, so I have these blocks and I kind of build out a page. I think we talked about it. What was it in in Drupal? The I want to say it's called like Drupal totally par- has one, yeah. Paragraphs or something in group. That was a plugin, yeah. But the, of yeah. course in Drupal when there's five ways to do it, which is which is fine, but that's just one of them. Uh, this would be kind of the native like WordPress way. It's just going to ship, I'm, and it's going to totally replace the current editor, and it does feel very different. I think that's 
that's what the, the root of this question I think that we got is, is like, let it's hot drama is the point. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, I, I'm looking here and I'm seeing like, I mean, this would seem like it would a make your, like make how you make a WordPress site, like get super complex. I mean, you know, I guess maybe not a lot more complex than the kind of advanced custom fields workflow, but like in theory, you got to kind of like handle all this stuff, right? Like, like, I don't know though. I uh, think it's designed. I would think this, I'm on the side that's not as dramatic as it seems. Although to be Mm -hmm. perfectly honest here, I haven't even installed the plugin. I'm just thinking about this theoretically, but I have done plenty of thinking about it and reading about it and looking at the demos and all that stuff. So, I could be way wrong, but what's kind of cool about this to me is that the way that these blocks are done kind of in the DB and like behind the scenes and stuff is it's just some text, just like it was before, but they happen to be wrapped in HTML comment tags, an opening one and a closing one. So like it's pretty backwards compatible and you never see those tags. They're just kind of in there. So it's mm-hmm. like it's still just a text area. It just has a little formatting around that text area in which the front end digests and turns into these blocks and is able to deal with. So I think in the end it's really not that different. It like UI-wise it looks a bit different and uh you know structurally yeah. it's but it's just it's just nicer and I think that some of the drama here is like oh my god this should just be a plug-in. This is not how we need to to do things in the world. It's like it's it's not as different as you think it is. And then a lot of the f- negative feedback was, well, you know, where are my custom fields? Where are my, you know, where's my Yoast SEO? Um, I, th- are they going to address all that stuff? There was some early, really negative feedback to, you know, that stuff is missing right now. You can't possibly ship this thing into core. It's going to break zillions of websites. And they're like, I don't, we're not, we don't plan on breaking a million websites. <laughs> yeah, that's I think always the uh, Matt Mullenweg desire is yeah. to just break them all. It's give, just it's just break them all. It's <laughs> giving a little bit of a um, God. This reminds another thing reminds me of Notion. So if like if you want to type a header, you type slash and then the thing that you're about to edit, like header or um, image or gallery or whatever, and then it just go, mm-hmm. goes into that mode. I think that's so slick. This is another thing bouncing around my head a lot is how much modern UIs are starting to embrace the the keyboard in a way in the in specifically the com- command line nature of keyboards. There's all these apps, that, you know, in Slack you can command mm-hmm. T to like mm-hmm. bounce to somewhere. We're so used to in our editors like Visual Studio Code, Command Shift P to jump to files and stuff. The Finder's got uh, you know things like Alfred, but even Spotlight you can trigger by the keyboard and just stay on the keyboard. There's so many things these days that are like embracing that command-driven nature of it, and this in yeah. this Gutenberg has got it too. So I'm sorry, I just dumped all this Gutenberg crap no, on this, you. But it's this is neat. Well, and it, they, it says they're targeting uh, WordPress five. Uh, that sounds which kind of like January 2018 here. So this could be and that's probably March realistically, but. Seems like they another interesting make it happen, twist you know? to all this drama is that it's written in React. Right, row. Hey, there you go. So now WordPress Coral for the first time, I think, be shipping React as part of the admin. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, so there's these blocks, right? Obviously, the WordPress way is to allow 
plugins and all that to make blocks available to people. Like here's a, you know, this plugin makes a new block, like a short code or whatever. And so how do you write a block as an author? And I think the answer is kind of like you do it in React. <laughs> you have to write it as a React yeah. book. And they're, and okay. they're, so that's opinionated All in right. an interesting way. And they're investigating ways to be like, is there a standard, like what about web components? What about Vue? What about, is there some way that we can be library agnostic in this? And I think that's an unanswered question. See, I think that I think that does change the flavor a little bit um, because right now you have a bunch of like WordPress developers, like <laughs> PHP, but almost like very WordPress developers, you know, and you're introducing like a new React system, like now, which maybe there are some WordPress developers doing a bunch of React, but I would guess most people aren't. Um, so now. You know, if if you want to make the cool new WordPress sites, you've got to kind of really overhaul your tool set, right? Or you got to modernize or or jump over and get on the React train. That I think that's significant. I mean, I think that's like uh, some of the strength of WordPress was like the plugin system where everyone kind of writes PHP, you know, and and you know, are you going to like suddenly attract a bunch of React developers because now you're in React? Maybe that's I, been fascinating to me too, especially I think that maybe not just React, but I, I don't know, some of the WordPress has been opinionated about PHP and MySQL, so that's there. But on the front end, you can do whatever you want. Certainly there's people using Webpack and using Gulp builds and building sites with tons of JavaScript or no JavaScript. And it feels very open. And like what, what you do with a WordPress theme feels pretty open. And it still does. And now there's the WordPress API, which um, it, you know will get at you whatever information you need through a JSON API, which is not React specific. It's like you want to build a view front end? Sure, go for it. Or, or React or whatever. And I've, I've almost been surprised at how few people are doing that in the like the WordPress theme gallery. There's like not a mm-hmm. ton of of I you know themes that are powered by modern JavaScript libraries, and I wonder why that is. Is it just going to take some time to get there, or are people nervous that that's not the way to go, or is the like server side story not complete yet? You know, like if you have a WordPress theme that you're so used to your WordPress site just having PHP spit out code, like JavaScript not required, you could easily build a theme that. <laughs> Does nothing without JavaScript. That, that you didn't yeah. approach the PHP at all. Yeah, I don't know. I'm getting there's going to be a skill gap vibe um, for people who can author these Gutenberg experiences and people who can't, and that that affects an ecosystem. So, but you know, and maybe it's a kick in the pants for where WordPress wants to go. You know. I would say, long story short, for Gutenberg, I'm not worried about it and think it's the right, correct step forward for WordPress. So that should be, yeah. please send me your disagreement mail. I, I, I'm fascinated by this topic no, specifically. No, even if the, maybe we could uh, rope somebody in who's doing uh, some, some Gutenberging. I've even, uh, I've even talked a little bit with, with Mullenweg, who's watching this pretty closely. And I, I think even he's just a tiniest little bitest nervous that the that they're not getting it that the world isn't understanding what's happening with gutenberg yeah well i mean i think any web developer especially if you've like 
played with the like you've you've built a Frankenfields experiment, you know, you understand like the blocks API, which is, you know, I think that's very intuitive. It's like, I'm going to create a block. It does this sort of thing. I am curious how you like program your blocks because, but then maybe your style guide and your, you have these custom blocks that are very like in building out a homepage is very visual and very instant and very awesome. That could be very cool. Um, uh, but I, the how do you get those blocks into the machine is is a big question for me. So like custom blocks or whatever. Yeah, but the, I, I, on, the, the, on, the, on the other way, getting the blocks out is no big deal. I don't think you even can yeah. really. It's just like it's the same old crap. WP content blast out all the and it just chops the them whole all page. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like one big. It's not like custom I'm, fields in there. It's not like oh, I need to query for all the image blocks and then individually place them into the. HTML where I need them. It's like not like that. It's just barfs it out like it always has. Yeah. So you get one DOM, basically one DOM node, like one, one parent DOM node with, with whatever you put in there. So, all right. Color me interested. I'm, I would like to see this in action. Um, I, I want it to blow up in somebody else's face first though. (laughs) That's And like, what about Markdown? Is that weird in there? And I don't know. I, I don't know. I, my goal is to make sure CSS tricks can get on it, and that we're not doing anything so weird and old school that we're. Because I, I take some minor bit of pride in that. That WordPress CSS tricks is still, yeah, doing great on WordPress, and it's fast, and it's, it treats us well, and it does all the features. And I am on the absolute latest release of WordPress with every single plugin that I use, and WordPress itself. And I just, I, I like that feeling of yeah. making sure I'm even not, just. How how you do you probably have like a like a short tag for uh, like code pen embeds, but you know like like a CSS trick post is like you know pretty like linear flow, but then you'll have some demos. But like maybe you have a demo block or something that you know perhaps you can add I, whatever you I'm need. Like a little less interested in those in that kind of like I don't have a code pen. Uh, Short code oh, or anything. Really? I just okay. It's just that paragraph tag that we offer on CodePen. You click it and get uh-huh. the HTML and the script tag, and it just doesn't. It doesn't embed like any anybody else's embed. I'm not okay. totally opposed to custom blocks, but then it, it does like lock you into that block for the rest of your life. If you're having a 10 year site, which I, I was like thinking that as the bar, especially now that CSS Strix is over 10 years old, when you make choices, they stick around. That, yeah. You know, turn it off that block once you turn it on, you know? Well, and it's expensive to go to change it. Like, I think that's a bit. I don't even I, know how you would even approach it. You know, for here, I do use, here's a block that I do use. It's not a block, but it's literally a short code, which will turn into a block, I guess. Is the can I use one that, you know, sh- mm-hmm. shows browser data and stuff. Uh, for a long time, we just wrote our own support tables, and that was cool, but we're always not as up to date and not as comprehensive as a can I use table and can I use really makes this data available or they want you to use stuff like this. So there's an Andrew Norcross helped me out with this. There's a, mm-hmm. a, a short code and all you do is say, can I use? And then you pass in an attribute of the specific feature you want to use. And it just turns into table markup of that. But it, it like literally queries the JSON on can I use and it caches it on my side. So it's not like asking for that request every it caches it for like a while, like a day or two. Um but you know, now I'm locked into that forever. I can't just turn off that block ever. 
Yeah. 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 Or if like the plugin breaks or something. Or the endpoint for the like, data changes. Like then that crashes a whole bunch of pages. So, um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You're locked into it. It's a feature that you have to support. You're easy on them. Custom blocks. Is all I'm saying. Huh. Um, well, cool. Um, hey, Next. that was one question. <laughs> <laughs> RJ May writes in, uh, has anything changed in the world of video backgrounds? Oh, yes, it has. I know there's some been some backlash to them, but for the project I'm currently working on, it makes sense. We have a nice video that shows our product being used in a variety of applications. It highlights the uh, why they're cool, etc. I've also tweaked the video settings to keep it as small as possible, added an overlay, fallback image, etc. I've been doing my homework. Everything seems good. I'm a little worried about mobile users. I don't uh, I know that just using display none on the video element with a media query doesn't really address my concerns about mm. bandwidth and load times. Um, I think it? you're right. I, I well, think it's, will it pre-request that source like it does with an image? It probably yeah, does. Yeah, I think it'll yeah. it'll like evaluate that before it does. What if you display uh, none it like in inline styles on it still? Uh, maybe that tricks it. Yeah, that might trick it. Um, some digging around has pointed uh, me toward user agent sniffing, which seems doable, but I've always been under the impression uh, that was another web development no-no in my behind times here. Uh, also, as a side note, a lot of discussion I'm seeing focuses on device size or type uh, when the real issue is bandwidth. I'd love to uh, if our video loaded on an iPad uh, mini with the Wi-Fi c- connection, mm-hmm. but not if they're using cellular. All of this sounds like a huge can of worms. It does sound like a huge can of worms, RJ. That's that's very agreeable. I would say, I don't know what the hell to say, honestly. Isn't it? Hmm. So you're worried that, let's say we're only thinking about bandwidth concerns here, and we're worried that if you're in a low bandwidth environment, that you really don't want that giant video source to even kick off its download at all. So, and we all know that there's no bandwidth media queries, although I don't know what the story is there these days, but it's probably not, it's not definitely not at a point where it's just easy and trivial to implement. Anyway, mm-hmm. So what do you do? Do you make all your videos kind of async-y and like click to play-y? You could. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's um, like there, there's a way to just say like preload none, you know, like you say like do not preload this. Although I'm I'm blanking here, and I wish I knew, but there there might be a bug where if you just say preload, it'll start preloading. Um, so I think by fault by default, it doesn't actually fetch the video um, file. So you can just send a poster, which is like the first frame of that video, um, and then there's an event where it's like can play through or like you start preloading it and you can play through media. Um, more it's like, I don't know. You put a YouTube embed on something. It's like not that bad. Is it? It doesn't. YouTube's pretty like responsible with how it does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would send like a a video element with a poster um, image, like just whatever you want to put there, like just some simple image. Uh, The thing about video, I think you have to commit, to like sending it like like you're kind of getting into this iPad mini thing with like a Wi-Fi you want it without a Wi-Fi you don't want it like you're just going to have to commit to something um sure. I think like I think there may be like 
like you can control the video element with JavaScript. Like you can say like, okay, video document query selector video, uh, video dot play or whatever. And that will start playing the video or you can do a thing where like at event listener can play through, I think it is, um, at like, you can play through the whole video, then trigger play. So that way it doesn't like pause in the middle of the video. Like the, the HTML media element API is actually pretty great. Like it gives you all the tools you kind of want, but it gets a little weird on mobile and that's the, the like auto playing videos. There's been a, a lot of huge restrictions kind of coming down specifically from Chrome. They're being kind of the most, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, like parental <laughs> figure about it. Like they're just saying like, you know, you can't, you can autoplay video if it's muted um, or you right. can autoplay video on mobile if it's muted and Pause I feel like and no autoplay for sure. Or wait, or some, no, it does autoplay if it's. Yeah. And I think, and then um, there's a, some attributes you have on, on iOS too, there's the point of this plays, was like the plays killer, in right? line. Yeah, there's a plays in line attribute. Um, so I think like I thought this was more you, not this wasn't Google. This was Apple mostly, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that like both of them kind of came at it, and then Apple was like, "Oh, we're do WebKit plays in line for some reason." Um, and then, um, uh, but yeah, let's do. I'm gonna bing around for Chrome Mobile Video. Uh, auto play. Um, so I think like auto playing is, is really gonna like, like you're going to hit things, um, on how to do it. Um, like, yeah. like issues, but if you treat it as like a gif, you know, muted, um, pretty like, um, I, I like pretty like, and then you have this like uh, auto play attribute. And, and then I think here it is video controls, which I don't know if you need the controls, uh, attribute autoplay loop muted. Um, well, and and RJ will... specifically asking about background videos, but every time I've mentioned it or had any kind of real discussion about it, the lack of controls is a straight up problem, accessibility wise, and I guess bandwidth wise. Yeah, yeah. Here too is that you need to have a way to stop a background video. Just... Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you have vertigo, um, and all of a sudden this video is like just whatever hard edits every three seconds or whatever. I mean, that'll send you into barf town. So I, I, Chris, I'm getting so old so fast. I was like rapid aging. Um, you know, like the, the new Hulu app, you seen that is that that's a bit controversial, but it's all full color. And like you change the video title and then it'll like change the background to the thumbnail. And like, it's like a big shift. And then you like, do the next video and the whole background changes like yeah. that gives me like nausea. Really? I almost have to like close my eyes and navigate the Netflix like, interface too. Like if you stay on a thing for too long, it just starts playing a preview of it and playing there's, the show. There's yeah. no controls to stop it. Oh, it's that causes daily curse words in my house. So, um, so I think you gotta be really careful about like auto playing um, things. And then, yeah, you probably want to have a, a, some kind of, 
I, I the controls is helpful or some sort of control to stop the video. That's if you're doing the full accessibility route, which you probably should. Again, like mm-hmm. you don't want people barfing on your website. That's really bad takeaway from a website. <laughs> oh, that's the website I threw up on. Um, probably not going to use their product. Um, so I think like you have to kind of be sensitive there or, um, or offer some like play pause button kind of subtle in the corner or easy to find actually in the corner to kind of stop that video. I think that's the big thing. Um, but, um, speaking of video stuff, I should just say we do have a sponsor this week that is absolutely perfect for this kind of thing that you should check out. So this is sponsored, but let's play our sponsorship for Cloudinary, which is an awesome video solution. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Cloudinary. Maybe you've heard of them for all the the image management and manipulation and all amazing stuff they do with images. I use it on CSS Tricks to extract all kinds of performance out of my image hosting situation. I love Cloudinary. Uh, uh, For images, it just can't be beat. It's so good. They do a lot of that same stuff with video, too. So it's like, it's not just this place to put your image. It's a place to put video, too. And it's, you can kind of piece together what you need. That's what I, I kind of like it. It's like an unopinionated toolbox of stuff that you might need for video. For example, let's say you need like user-generated video. For some reason, you're building like a dating app where people upload videos or uh, customer reviews or a chat thing where there's video. Who knows? Cloudinary has all the tools to allow that to be pretty easy. Let's say you want to like overlay a logo when they do that. Fine, you can do that too. Let's say you want to upload them from phones. You can do that. Or let's say you want to build a video from text and photos and bits of video and piece them together into a video. Cloudinary can help with that. Uh, 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 Screen sharing, multiple presenters, overlaying content with the live streaming. It's just, you got to check it out. If you're doing a lot of video stuff, all the like awesome stuff they do with images, they do with video too. It's even it's even kind of more amazing, really, with video. So think about Cloudinary for your video. There's a player too. God, there's stuff I can't. Even, so much stuff, you know. Like let's say you want to, you need a way to, you know. Of course, you can just access your video files uploaded to Cloudinary. But if you want to like have a really nice customizable player experience too, that's why I say it's unopinionated. You kind of piece it all together. Anyway, gotta check it out. Cloudinary.com slash video for all the video stuff. All right. How about hey, another thanks. one with uh James Hammond writes in? Should I use absolute positioned image tags or CSS background attributes to display background images? I've been trying to figure this out. This is a seems like a weird question to me right from the get-go. It's like so you're using you want to use backgrounds and you wanna instead of using CSS backgrounds, use absolute positioned images. Mm, intriguing. I have a page that uses background images on divs very heavily. In order to account for uh, smartphone performance, I'm using data attributes to load in mobile optimized images at certain breakpoints. It seems crazy, but I swear adding the URL property to the source attribute of an image tag is faster than adding it as a background image style on a specific element. As long as the container element can have position relative, the effect is the same. Am I going nuts? Is this actually more performant than using CSS? And blah, blah, blah. So, Okay. Um, okay, so uh, sending down a data URI for the mobile image so that it, mobile he didn't really say data URI, faster. but or did he? Or, I swear, uh, I think uh, that's what I read into, but uh, maybe it's something different. Let's see. I think it's just like 
In data attributes. Okay, data attributes. Which means that JavaScript has to read that data attribute and then apply it as a style. So uh, mm-hmm. there's some JavaScript necessary for that to work. So no wonder it's a little slower than just having it be the source attribute of an image tag there. Not to mention, yeah. I think, if you're absolutely positioning an image tag in which that it's replicating a CSS background image, because it's in the HTML, it's going to kick off the preloader for those images, and yes, it will be faster, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're doing this on um, like in HTML with the image tags, I would just use the picture element, because the picture element is going to get Processed by C, like C code, not not JavaScript. So that's going to be the fastest to like fetch the. New and then you, and then because um, he's worried about performance and breakpoints and stuff, pick that's what the picture element has to offer. Yeah. Huh. Um, but if you remember from a couple of talk shows ago, uh, we locked into that like uh, var, like CSS variable trick. Um, so you could have like dash dash mobile image equals some URL and dash dash, uh, you know, or dash dash desktop image is some URL. And then in your CSS, you're like, you know, thing, uh, like thing, background, mobile CSS thing, or at media min with 600 pixels thing, background desktop image. So you can like, you could trick you can use these these CSS variables to kind of get a lot out of this, like kind of like you don't have to like do any CSS. You just have to supply the variables to the CSS engine. And now you're using CSS, which is super fast. You're not like applying a background image in, in JavaScript. That said, I mean, there's, there's a hundred ways you can do it. Uh, I like, um, if it's a background image, Make it a background image. That's sort of what I'm thinking. Me too. That seems weird to like. like I don't know. It always feels weird to shoehorn something in like that. Like it just it seems extraordinarily tricksy. Yeah, That's- but if you're like you know for images in you know for image and images or whatever, and then you just loop through all your images and you say like if media or window dot match media min width six hundred pics use the data desktop or image dot or background. <laughs> Sorry, like div dot style dot background image equals mm. uh, this dot. <laughs> I'm mouth coding. This dot, what, what is it? This, no, you, you, this dot H- get attribute data desktop image or something. There it is. So, uh, golly, we got through that. I hope no one crashed their car <laughs> driving to work. <laughs> that was that was that was painful for me. I'm, I apologize. I just want. I just I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, so I, you know, th- that's really not a lot of code for the browsers to do. Like browsers can do that. So, uh, but I would definitely, you know, uh, like background images plus background size cover. You know, that that does a lot. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like relative positioning and image element inside a thing with overflow. I don't recommend that. That's not good. There's also object fit contain, which is kind of cool. You could do, um, but I don't. I would just yeah. I was thinking of object fit too because you, you really without object fit you can't really replicate what CSS background images can do, but with it you can. So yeah, yeah, and I would always do like if you're talking if when you said data attributes, if you mean data URIs, I would stop doing that because that just makes your document bigger and. And the browser is really good at fetching URLs. Like that's like 
browser 101 stuff. So like, and, and don't slow down your document just to like, hopefully get some performance. Um, but you can always test that too. Like build two pages and run it through web page test like 10 times each and see which one's faster. So this episode of shop talk show is brought to you in part by Jamf now Jamf now helps you manage your Apple devices from anywhere. It's an online dashboard for that. So like when you start your first business, it's easy to keep track of like your own computer and your own iPhone and iPad. But as you grow and start to buy more tech for your employees, it's harder to keep track of everybody's iPad and iPhone and Mac. Uh, uh, Like, for example, figuring out how to if somebody loses their iPad, what to do with that. It can be tough, especially when you're remote in different locations. Jamf now makes that and a lot more a lot easier. You can configure settings, protect sensitive information, even lock and wipe a device from anywhere. Jamf now secures your devices so you can focus on your business instead. This isn't a fancy thing to set up. There's no IT experience needed. It's just an online dashboard. Very easy. Anybody can do it. Shop Talk Show listeners can start securing their business today by setting up their first three devices for free. Uh, uh, and more than that, for just $2 a month per device beyond that. So create your free account today at jamf.com slash shop talk. That's J-A-M-F dot com slash shop Hey, Chris. Mm. You got time for one more here? Yeah, at least. There's a really quick one here by Tyler Dupree. I'm trying to just build websites. Ooh. But... Uh, I'm better at code than I am at design. Oh, nice. Uh, I Is there a good place uh, to get website mockups, PSD or AI files that would be fine? I don't mind paying for them. Uh, Chris, you getting There's just here? a million zillion of them, I would say. Yeah. I mean, oh, so you, but he specifically wants Photoshop or Illustrator files or presumably some kind of other design software or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think of things like Envato marketplaces or Creative Markets certainly would would have some for sale. Otherwise, like, do you really need the design document, or can you just like look at something and try to replicate it? Like, I don't know. It seems like today's design trends, it's like not, it's ever growingly less useful to have the original document. Certainly, you could just go to Dribble and look around, or image galleries, or, or just go to your favorite websites that have great looking design and try to replicate them by looking at them. I think is almost more useful than having the original design assets. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to learn and stuff, like yeah, do the old uh, the old uh, go. dribble to code pen exercise. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty common thing. I mean, but I think like I, I think that's good for like beefing up your chops. I do. Um, but it sounds like you may just be ready to try and get a job and and like work with a designer and like hear their opinions and try to code their their ideas out. Um, I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, that's a big part of like building websites is, is working with people. So I think you may be at that level where, you know, it like, uh, I, I did that a few hundred times and now I kind of feel like I can design. So that's, but I, I, even then I, I still defer to people who know what they're doing. Um, so I would recommend that. So, all righty. Uh, maybe All right. they'll wrap this one up. Uh, thanks yeah. so much for listening. 
Yeah, thank you for downloading this and uh, send us your weird magazine choices here at the Magazine Shop Talk Show. We really appreciate that. Be sure, uh, thank you for downloading this and your podcatcher choice. Be sure to star heart favorite it up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter for tens of tweets a month at Shop Talk Show. If you hate your job, head over to shoptalkshow.com slash jobs and get a brand new one because people want to hire people like you and Chris. Do you got anything else you'd like to say? Mm. Shoptalkshow.com.